everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Oriri podcast, the podcast that tells African stories. I'm Halima. And I'm Ceci. And today we're going to be discussing the westernization of African religion and the Africanization of Western religion with our special guest, who is actually not a guest at all, Emisi. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, guys. It's good to be here again. I hope you guys are good. Yeah, yeah. we're good. It's nice to have you, Emisi. Yeah, a few episodes back when we talked about African folk tales and folklore, I believe Emisi was part of the episode. Also, two episodes ago, we mentioned, we talked about cultural preservation and how far it should go. And we said we were going to do an episode about the westernization of African religion. So here it is. Yeah, and my introduction on like on languages with Halima, that's that's actually like a subsection of this podcast. <laughs> so since we're talking about religion and everything, <clears throat> apparently this is how people say hello in Wolof, but the one I know is that it's in Arabic. So salam alaikum everybody. That's Arabic for hello and peace be upon you. Everyone knows that, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Really interesting. Yeah. So when we're talking about the Africanization of Western religion, it actually sounds really like complex dragon. But basically, we're talking about how when Western religions were imported into Africa, they kind of started taking on characteristics of African religions to the point that sometimes now they are almost indistinguishable in like practice. And then vice versa with the westernization of African religions is that like the erosion of African religions with the increase in importance of Western religions and how like they started absorbing each other and kind of African religion maybe has been fading a bit. So in other words, I saw something online. I can't remember the website now, but they described like this issue as identity crisis. So religion in Africa is suffering from or is arguably suffering from identity crisis because it's not totally Western and it's not totally African. So it's like a merge of both ideas. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And when you come to think of it, you you realize that identity crisis is not only um, endemic to religion, to Africans, basically. It's not oh, yeah. just restricted to religion. And on uh, so many facets, there's, there's the identity crisis. Sometimes, even in your mindset that you thought you're thinking african at some point and on the other end you're thinking western as well so i think that's yeah yeah yeah. that's something we should really think about and consider and i think part of the thread of this topic as well is kind of how people have started um mistaking religion for culture like you said they're mistaking what is actually you know either christianity or islam for what is actually whether it is Igbo, Yoruba, Hausa, you know, ethic or whatever, they think that this is actually our culture, but no, actually it is what um, the Western religion brought in that you started, you know, absorbing as yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I have a comment on that. Actually, there was, I went for a lecture one time and uh, a professor was actually talking about the difference between um, tradition and culture. Um, like as Christians or Muslims that we are in Africa, we always try to run away from the traditional things we used to do. And of which we need to realize that tradition is one thing and religion is another thing. In Brazil, for example, I think I didn't, I didn't mainly Catholics in, in Brazil. There's, I think there has to be um, a widespread religion. I think there are Catholics in Brazil. I'm not sure. 
I'm not sure either, but I know a like a, a significant population of Brazil. I don't want to say a large population. Yeah, apparently they're mostly Catholic. Yeah. But a significant population practices um specifically Yoruba religions. I think they are Ifa worshippers or Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. So so for them, I think they are far far ahead that they've been able to create a difference between their religion and their, their tradition. They still go for Osho Shobo. I mean, as a matter of fact, the um, Osho Oshobo is now like in the UNESCO Heritage World Sites just because they celebrate it in the Americas and all of that. So they celebrate um, Ifa, they celebrate Osho Oshobo, and tomorrow they go to church. But we can't try that in Nigeria or in Africa. Everyone is going to look at you with peering eyes like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, and I also think why we're so like why African religion is really quick to what's it called to absorb these Western ideas is because of this identity crisis thing. So it's like we don't want to be associated with that old school primitive idea of what we know as religion. We want to be associated with the one with the advanced ones from the West. So again, it could also link back to identity crisis. Uh, I like the point about identity crisis, but also the, from the way I look at it, it's just kind of, you know, like Africans being Africans, Nigerians being Nigerians in that anything that they bring here, we will Nigerianize it, we will Africanize it. For example, if you think about the fact, I mean, I can only speak from a Nigerian perspective as much as we'd like to like, be as broad as possible, but we don't really know much about a lot of other places. But for example, in Nigeria, I know that KFC is selling moi moi. <laughs> and just right, and it's just a look. Come here, and you think you can be selling anything. By the time you come here, and you stay one month. You will just change the entire menu because that's what Nigerians want. That's that suits the palate, and you know you have to adapt. Have you guys heard of this um, debate where it's like Nigerians, as much as we're like known to be loud people and everything we're not adventurous with a lot of things like we like to stick to what we know this you is guys very think that's very true, true. Yeah. I, think that's true. Like, I think that's absolutely you know nigerians travel abroad and they haven't even been there 24 hours they won't even try the food they're already yeah. looking for a nigerian restaurant that will sell them jollof and it like, they just try. Appear, yeah it does just appear in like food as well it appears in like your choice of partner most times like it just keeps messing with you it's like you just want to have that nigerian thing and on the other hand you're like i don't even care i'm not even that nigerian but on the other hand like i don't know we just have this thing where we're not that adventurous that's it i think it's a combination of not being adventurous and also like chronic narcissism i feel like narcissism is embedded in nigerian culture i'm nigerian (laughs) because it's like look when you go abroad, you're like, I want to, you know, I want to live life. I want to enjoy oh, myself. But by the time you really think about it, you're like, no, man, Nigerians are the coolest and the best. We have the best food. We only want to, and then you start, you start thinking. You start rationalizing to yourself. Yeah. Well, Nigerians are the funniest people. Exactly. But that's, that's not really our fault. I think our parents have indoctrinated us into that, that thing. Like, that we are not open to change because... Personally, my, my parents are not really open to change. Like, my dad likes to wear, to put his slippers where it, oh, it has always been for years. Anytime he comes back, he just puts his phone in one particular place, puts his stuff in that. And when you tell him, can you change it? Like, put it, he'll say, no, just go and put it in that same place. So <laughs> yeah. there's all that thing about it that we're not open, open to making changes and, you know, just being spontaneous. 
Mm-hmm. I agree. And then the reverse of it yeah. at the same time is how, like, we're not open to change our ways or whatever. But then we were so quick to absorb that culture, like, in terms of Western mm-hmm. religion, to absorb that religion, that we've now taken it as ours. And literally, we treat it so sacredly that the people that even brought it safe, do they even care? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, guys, we are starting to digress. Let's just yes, yes, talk about really the main digress. points, the main um, ways that Africans have, um, um, you know, Africanized Western religion. Yes, so I have a few points on that. I want to start with my point number one is the praise and worship songs, which I just love. I found so interesting in Christian churches is that like you know they they are praise and worship songs in the local languages, which is kind of like a natural thing. That's just one point in that, like, the praise and worship songs did not, are not, like, just translated versions of what came from, from the West or whatever, from Britain, but they are, like, our own songs that if you go to a church and they're not singing those songs, it, it doesn't bang, you know. It's not, it's not fun again. Then there's the African rituals embedded in a lot of religious practices, especially with, let's say, Pentecostal churches that are not as, you know, like, like Catholic churches, for example, they have mass and the mass is always the same. Even if the mass is in Hebrew, it's still the same mass, it's still the same process. But in like Pentecostal churches, for example, they, they're, they're things that have become kind of, they don't originate from Christianity, let's just say. For example, they have these practices where they tell people to go and, you know, bath in this river with this special black soap that they mix things into or they like, you know, do some animal rituals where they throw catfishes over people's heads or kill a goat or something like that and then, like, rub the blood and all kinds of weird stuff. No, I don't want to call it weird. Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. Yeah. That is not actually stuff that I don't believe is is in, in the Bible or in the Quran or anything like that. It's just stuff that, like, people have... Another one, another Africanization of religion that I have noticed is, okay, with religion, you have to believe that God is the most powerful and everything, whatnot. But with Africans, what with Nigerians, what I know is that they tend to be scared of human beings. So it's like the witches, the wizards, don't tell this person this, don't tell this person that. But it's just like, if you truly believe God is the only powerful person, why are we scared of telling this other person? Basically, the existence of African indigenous like practices, it still scares people that practice Western religion, if that makes sense. Yeah, let's go a little bit deeper into those beliefs. It's a very common Nigerian thing, for example, that a pregnant woman, nobody knows she's pregnant until after she has given birth. And she puts like, yeah. on her body, like, yeah, on her dress. Like, mm-hmm. And if you are traveling, and even me, I yeah. do this. Like, I do this, and I don't know why I do it, to be honest. But, like, if I travel and someone says, what date are you coming? I can't tell them the date. I don't know why. <laughs> like, it's just, I always tell them, like, a couple of days before, a couple of days after. And there's absolutely no reason for this. But it's just something that feels like I have to. And it's not like I think the person is after me or whatever. And then another thing is this, this um, I want to say it's a Christian practice um, of, like, blaming your enemy. <laughs> For everything, and yeah. the enemy is somebody, yeah. mm-hmm. or like a random cool. person. When <laughs> they, you are praying, and like literally, prayers are supposed to be like 
I, I think in Christianity, prayers are supposed to be prayers like to God, you know, mm-hmm. asking for forgiveness and and saying even yeah even yeah like are you not supposed to even pray for your enemy? Are you supposed to pray that they want to kill your enemy? I don't believe that that is what. Yeah, the Bible mean. doesn't say. The Bible I don't believe that exactly. Bible says pray for your enemies so that exactly. you can repent or something. And if you go to some churches, they are screaming, die, 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 die. <laughs> and then you die, watch out, watch out. And it's just, <laughs> it's just fine. Sometimes if you're in those places, especially involuntarily as a child, you don't look like, hey. What's going on? <laughs> what's really happening? And if you are not shouting, go for me. they'll come to you and ask you, why are you not screaming that your enemies should die? Do you even know who your enemies are when you are seven? Like, is it the person that didn't give you biscuits in school or what? It's, it's, it's just very funny. Yeah, in some religions, I've seen that they use, um, they bring in traditional ingredients to naming, to Christian naming ceremonies. Like you see cola nut or bitter, is it cola nut or bitter cola? You see that, you see salt. I don't think, I don't think in the pristine Western religion, there's all of that. They'll bring cola nut and they'll break it you put it there, they bring um honey. Um, well. Yeah, and put it in the baby's mouth and be like, this is honey, like your life is going to be sweet. They bring salt. I've actually seen that in person. They bring salt and you they'll be like, uh, you'll be the salt of the earth or something, and put it in the baby's mouth. And they'll bring sugar, that cube sugar, they'll be like, this sugar has um four corners. That anywhere you go in the four corners of the, of the world, your life is going to be sweet. And mm. <laughs> so and like the way ants are always attracted to sugar. As how um, you'll be attracted to wealth and grace and all of that. And if you come to think of it, that was there was never uh, that was never recorded in the Bible on the, in the Western religion. So I think that's another way that we have Africanized Western religion. I also think besides naming ceremonies, most like ceremonies in Nigeria, for example, I don't know about other places on the African continent, but in Nigeria, they kind of like mix this traditional practices with like western religion practices so for example i'm from Kwara state and my muslim family of course normally in a muslim wedding there's just nikah you just need like three witnesses and everything but what we do is that we have the nikah that's a whole day on its own and then we have like traditional wedding then we have the reception and it's like we do all these practices and we still say that we're muslim so it's like it's also very interesting to see how it constantly mixed with tradition with religion in Africa. I think every single Nigerian culture does the three weddings thing. They do the traditional wedding, then the religious wedding, oh, then Christian the weddings, yeah, then the court. Some people even do court as well, and then the reception. Yeah, true. And I, I find that fascinating. And actually, when I think about the African tradition of Western religion, there are some things that I'm actually kind of in support of. I like it because I feel like yes, whatever travels has to adapt, has to take on some elements of the new culture that they're in. So I actually kind of like that some of these things have, have, you know, intermixed, like the the naming ceremonies and the things that they present. I like the symbolism and I like that, you know, we're not completely throwing our culture away because we've absorbed these new religions, but, you know, there's kind of a mix of it. So, yeah, I think think it has its good and it has its bad... um, aspects yeah aspects as well so let's let's do the reverse let's talk about the westernization of african religions now um okay uh there's this festival that i attended one time it's called um ere festival somewhere in nigeria in those states and what they do is that they 
boil yam and then they pound it and put it inside palm oil. They mesh it into palm oil and then they drop it in front of the some place they call um Ojubo in Yoruba. It means like a worship place or something. So they drop the palm oil and the yam there and people go there. And after the masquerades come, very popular, a very huge festival. Like people from Okitikupa, that's the town where uh, they do that festival. They come from all over the place to attend and everything. So masquerades come and dance and everything. And when the masquerades go, guess how how they end the festival, they pray. <laughs> and they don't do so. and can you imagine that you called masquerades and the masquerades are supposedly from the river. Masquerades are Atoloku and Iwaloku. They are two masquerades. And so when they come, they dance around and and, and then when they go, they start to pray. And then they believe that the masquerades have come to, you know, to chase every form of evil away from that town. And people, some people even believe that the masquerades pray for, for, for women, that uh, any woman who is barren is going to give birth and all that. And I couldn't quite reconcile the two facts that, okay, masquerade and then you're praying. And whose name are you exactly praying? <laughs> are you praying in, in the name of God or in the name of Jesus? Let this thing happen. So I think that's one way that we have um, westernized the African religion. We're very <laughs> unique species on that continent. And <laughs> like... We're just very interesting people. It's it's crazy. That, that's know, a very nice story. <laughs> even the like traditional rulers, like for example, the Oni or whoever it is that are picked based on supposedly the word of Ifa or any other you know religious figure at their coronation, they pray probably, and like generally at events, they will first pray you know Christian yeah. prayer, then they will now pray. The traditional prayer, but they are a traditional ruler. Like you are supposedly the mouthpiece of or whatever, or the chosen by this this like religion. Yeah, and then you are praying to another one. Uh, yeah, there was there was a coronation recently for a king. I can't even remember. Typically, what they do is um, they used to use actual blood. I don't know whether it was animal blood or um, a human being's blood, but they used to use blood to paint the floor and everything. And I saw it recently and I was like, okay, because they prayed in the Christian way um, before the event. And then when I saw blood on the floor, I had to ask someone who was um, esoteric, who was an initiate. And he told me that they didn't actually use blood anymore, that it was paint. But just create the facade that, okay, the tradition is still going on and all of that. They just used paint. And so I was like, wow, really? So basically, I don't think there's a way out or Maybe you guys have, have thought about an idea, but I don't think for this kind of people, there's a way out yet. There's some sort of cultural clash that there's no resolution. Yeah, I agree with you. It doesn't really seem that there will be resolution anytime soon, especially when you think about the like the powerful grip that Christianity yeah. and Islam has on Nigeria. I don't see how. And before we conclude this episode, I think another thing I find very interesting, I don't know about other places in Africa, but in Nigeria, is the mixture of Christianity and Islam. So it's like, let's say, for example, at an event where there's like these two main religion and everything, there's always a Muslim prayer and then there's a Christian prayer. And the way we mix the two is like, and you and you keep, people keep saying amen to the two prayers. And I'm like, 
wait, what exactly are we doing? Like, what is this? I think this but, is especially relevant to Yoruba people. Yes. Because and, and people then, are the ones that are poor. In Jesus' name, all of us say amen. They'll be like, inshallah, all of us are me. And I'm like... <laughs> I don't think there's I don't think there's nothing there's nothing you can I have to say that's something I really like. That's something I really like about like culture in Nigeria, but especially the Yoruba culture is the fact that like both religions have let's say equal standing or whatever. Like a and a, you know, a Yoruba Muslim religious figure can even marry a Christian, like a Christian yeah. woman, and the, the children will like choose which one they want to go to. They might go to the mom's church. Or they might go to like the dad's mosque or whatever, and it's completely fine. Like I always found that fascinating and interesting. And I know Lots it's not the same in all cultures. Too. Yeah, some people merge yeah. it too. They say they're Christmas yeah. or something, or you just don't <laughs> feel like doing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I I think it's fascinating, and mm-hmm. uh, to to even to give a proper example of that, something happened recently. One of the main um, pastors in Nigeria lost his son, and. And the Islamic society, that's Murik and everything, they've been reaching out to him, telling him that the reason why he lost his son is because God wants to test his faith and he should calm down and everything. So, no, no, it's a good thing. Like, that's that's what it is. That it's a and like, just what wants to test his faith, like, should hang on and everything. So, they're reaching out to each other, which I think is, is a good thing. I think that is a good thing. I like that, like, you know, yeah. at least... To some extent, although we do know that there's a lot of, you know, division, unrest you know, and insecurity and division, on. especially yeah. religious division in the country. Crisis, yeah. yeah, but at least to some extent, there's still that kind of bridge, Therefore. which is that like our, our like Nigerianness or whatever. Fine, it's a good thing, but I think, you know, I don't want to say I have an issue with Islam and Christianity, but I just think like, Fine, those especially in like the western part of Nigeria, those two religions tolerate each other. But when it comes to like traditional African religion, we tend to like neglect them or think of them as less than those two religions. And I think that's that's an issue. Like, why can you tolerate this other person? Like, let's say, why would a Muslim tolerate a Christian, but you cannot tolerate someone from an African traditional? Yeah. I don't think that's fair and I don't know that just bothers me a lot like you why very do you think right. those two religions are more superior than you are that very was- very correct actually in that like a Christian and a Muslim will look at each other as kind of the same will look yeah. at someone from a traditional religion as oh my god that devil which <laughs> is just so mm. ridiculous yeah. and so bad yeah perhaps it, it could be because of the it could sound so trivial, but it could be because of the minority majority thing. Like, for example, when you go to the east of eastern part of Nigeria, they're uh, majorly or mainly Christians, rather. And so, when you see Islamic nations, they're always the minority. There's a possibility that there's some sort of um, tensions, of, yeah, yeah, between them, just because some parts are the majority and some parts are the minority. So, I think that has affected traditional religion too. Most people are practicing Islam and Christian, and so there are only a few people that need the traditional religion. So, of course, there's going to be some sort of um, friction mm-hmm. and psychosocial friction between them or among them. Basically. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So- okay. Yeah, I think this has been a really interesting topic. I feel like we cannot exhaust it. Okay, I think Mister already asked this question. Do you guys think it is necessary the Afghanization of religion? or the westernization of African religion? 
I think both are inevitable. Like, I don't think it's about necessary or not necessary. There's just no way around. It's going to happen. I feel like even in other like continents or whatever, it happens as well. You know what I mean? Like Christianity in Asia probably wears a slightly different face to Christianity mm-hmm. in Europe, to Christianity in like the USA. So I feel like it's just something that is inevitable. Um, and the only thing I wish that maybe the reverse, which is the Westernization of African religion, was not so intense. Although, you know, when we go back to that cultural preservation topic, I have to say, yes, there are some things that it's very good that we have gotten rid of. Mm-hmm. For example, the killing of twins and all that other stuff. But at the same time, do we have to completely erode one in favor of the other? Yeah. So, so um, hopefully the audience will be able to give a way forward as to how to solve this identity crisis that Salima has called it, or the cultural clash. Or what do you guys think? I mean, I don't even think anyone can solve it, but let us talk about it. Let's discuss it because it's, it's an interesting topic to discuss anyway. So you guys should reach out to us, please, on Instagram or Twitter, where we are Uriwe underscore Africa, O-R-I-I-R-E underscore Africa. And if you want to come on the podcast and talk about it, we would love to have you on. You can email us, info at com. Or you can go on our website and go through the contact us page. Or you can just send us a DM. Um, also, like this episode <laughs> and subscribe. <laughs> subscribe to the podcast, yeah. <laughs> so that you don't miss future episodes. Bye, everyone. Thanks for Bye, listening. Guys. Bye. Bye.